Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. You say, Pastor Mike, why do you make that point to us so passionately this morning? And I tell you that I make the point because much kingdom work gets left in the starting blocks because God's children are too busy gathering provisions to comfort themselves rather than actually engaging the mission. And we have to be careful about that. We've got to be aware that that can happen. We have to be on guard. Jesus addressed this issue. Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33. Listen to his words. He's telling his followers, Do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? And what shall we drink? And what shall we wear? Don't be like that. Hey, the Gentiles, or the pagans, seek after all these things. So don't be like them. Because understand that your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. And so with the Father knowing that we have need of these things, Jesus then concludes this statement by saying this, but seek first your provisions. Yes, no. Yes, no. No? No, no. It's seek first, say it with me, the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and what else? His righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. I wonder, do we have the faith for that? Do we have the faith to seek his kingdom, his rule and reign? And do we have the faith to pursue his righteousness first? Or do we say, that's really important, but I got to get all my eggs together first. Jesus says, that's not the way it's supposed to go. Your father knows that you need a car. Your father knows that you need food. He knows you need clothing. He knows you need shelter. He knows you need medical insurance. He knows what you need. So do this. Instead of focusing on your eggs, focus on the kingdom. And focus on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And the promise is, is as we do that, then the Father will add those other things. He'll bring them to us. All right. So let's review. The purpose of discipleship is to mold us to the image of Christ Jesus so that we are fit and equipped to join him in his mission. Second, learning to rely on Jesus for spiritual and physical resources is no small part of the overall discipleship training that we need. Finally, I want to talk a little bit about the unresponsive or the rejectors. We see that we need power. We see that we need authority. We need spiritual and physical resources. But at the end of this record, we find Jesus coaching the disciples That's what he was doing. He was coaching them on how to deal with those who are unresponsive to those who are rejectors. Notice verse 5. He said, And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Luke goes on to record, I mean, Matthew goes on to record something that Luke chose to leave out. Matthew says that Jesus went on to say, that it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for those who reject them, speaking of the disciples, and their message. Jesus understood there would be those who would not respond 
He understood that even beyond non-responders would be people who are just outright antagonistic against it. And we find here that to not receive the disciples as they came proclaiming the good news of the kingdom was tantamount to rejecting their message, which in turn is to reject Jesus. So he says, shake the dust off your feet as you leave as a testimony against them. This thing of shaking the dust from your feet is not just some little cute thing he, 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 he created at the moment. It was something the Jews were excessively familiar with. In fact, it is told to us historically that when a Jew in that time frame returned from traveling in a Gentile country, that when he got home, he would shake the dirt that, of that land off of his clothes and off of his sandals as a symbolic gesture of shaking off the pagan influences that could contaminate the Jews and their land. That was something well-known and something that they did, kind of like what we do when we say, hey, how you doing? Hi, good to see you. How you doing? That is so common to us. We do that all the time, don't we? This was common to them. Now, I know it's not popular in our oversensitive culture to say, but what Jesus is teaching the disciples here, and what he might be saying to us as well, is that we are to consider those who reject the message of the kingdom as pagan. We are to see them as unclean Gentiles. Like I said, that doesn't fly very well today, does it? To me, that sounds excessively uh, offensive. To me, I don't, I, I, and, and, and all the, I'm getting beat to death with the oversensitivity. It's like, oh my, I wouldn't want to do that. But truth point number four, I think, helps us to gain a broader perspective. Truth point number four says this, that we are to take time with those questioning. In other words, when we begin to share Jesus with somebody, and, and, and usually people, when you share Jesus, with, they don't just jump in and say, yeah, I want to be saved, let's go. How, how about let's get baptized this evening? That doesn't happen. Usually, if their interest is peaked, they want to get together again, and they want to ask questions, and they got more questions, and they got more questions, and more questions, and more questions. And we need to take time with people who are questioning. We need to work at helping them find the answers to those questions. And in all things, we need to be patient with them. Not trying to push them to a decision, but but letting the Spirit of God do His work, and we're there just to help out. But when someone rejects the gospel, we all understand what reject means, don't we? When they reject it, when they turn their back and say, I'm not interested and I don't want it, then we're to move on. We're to move on. Why? Because there are other lost souls who need to hear the gospel. There are other people who need to be given an opportunity to receive it. I didn't say treat them meanly. I didn't say be disrespectful. I didn't say be snotty and ugly because that would all be unchristian, right? But if they say, I don't want it, I don't want to hear it, don't bother me with that anymore, listen, move on. Pray for them and move on. Remember in your efforts to share the good news that sharing the gospel is the extent of your calling. It is the extent of your responsibility. In other words, what I'm saying there is we cannot make someone believe, right? We cannot make someone repent, right? We cannot make someone give their heart to Jesus. Drawing the lost wooing the lost, 
Pulling the lost toward Jesus, listen to me, is the exclusive ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he always does his work in his way and in his time. If you're working with somebody and they reject the gospel, again, pray for them. Move on. It may very well be that that day and that time is not their time to receive the good news. Perhaps it will come on another day, and perhaps it will even come with another person who's witnessing to them. But we want to let the Holy Spirit do his work. So let's wrap up these things this morning. And what I'm hoping is that these four things I'm about to, to, to put on you will bring everything else I've said into focus, and you can actually walk out the door with something profitable and meaningful. All right? This is what I'm hoping. This is what I'm praying for. As we wrap up this teaching this morning, I want you to understand that joining Jesus in his mission is the natural outgrowth of discipleship. Unfortunately, and we all know it's true, There are people who have been claiming to be disciples of Jesus for 30, 40, 50 years, but they have never actually joined Jesus in his mission. They may have opened up their wallet and given so that someone else could go and join him in his mission. They may even have gotten a circle on a Wednesday night and prayed for someone who's going to be in his mission But there are so many professing believers who are sitting on the sideline and they have not joined him personally in his mission. I want to tell you that that is a major disconnect. I mean, that's a signal that something really isn't right here. Something's amiss. Because discipleship, as we've seen even in this passage, is a natural outgrowth. It is the intended purpose of discipling. Now, perhaps you may be one of those who has been 30, 40, 50 years, and you're sitting there right now saying, I think he's talking to me. I don't know if I am or not, but what I will say is this. You can never go back and fix what was, but you can always start today and make a decision that however much time I have left, I'm going to seek to become part of his mission. Right? Amen. Number two, our enemy is not flesh and blood. Therefore, we need to be equipped with the full armor of God. Our enemy is not the Democrats. Our enemy is not the Republicans. Our enemy is not the Greenpeace people. They're not the enemy. Our enemy is not even the people who are running the local Planned Parenthood. They're not the enemy. The flesh and blood part is not the enemy. It's the spiritual forces of darkness behind that that is the enemy. And so we don't go and do battle like we would physically against an enemy, but we pray for power and authority, and God has promised that we will have that as we represent the gospel of Christ to our family, friends, and neighbors. Number three, Jesus promised to provide all that we need as we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. This hit me really hard, and I think it should hit many of us in the room hard because many of us come from the same stock, so to speak. 
And it is just all too easy to put the focus on, do I have all the eggs in the right amount, and even a little extra in case we get into a problem, do I have all of that aligned? And God, when I get all of that aligned, then I'll come and serve you. Once I've worked my 40 years and I've got a good retirement, I'll come and serve you. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm now, I'm there. Now, when these grandkids get to be 12, I'll come and serve you. Oh, oh, well, wait a minute. Now, when the great grandkids, it's so easy to want to have all those physical things just the way we want them. But that's not what we're called to. We're called to seek him first and he'll give us the retirement. We'll seek him first and he'll help us to find time for the grandkids as well as do things pursuing his ministry. Number four, be patient in your witness to the lost. Absolutely. Don't try to cram Christ down their throat. That's not the way to go. Be gentle. Be kind. Be patient. I've known of people who have prayed for someone 30 years. And it seemed like nothing ever was going to happen. And then all of a sudden it did. And it's like, whoa, wow. And that person comes out of the gate serving God. It's like, how did that happen? Well, the Spirit of God made it happen. So be patient in your witness. But don't try to do the work reserved for the Holy Spirit. If they're seeking, come alongside. If they're rejecting, pray for them and move on. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.